Hi, hello and welcome. This is the Zonecast where we interview emerging Canadian professionals, entrepreneurs and academics. And today we have with us on the show uh, Daniel Matheson. He is the Director of Partner Development at My Blueprint. Uh, hi Daniel, how are you? Welcome to the show. Doing well, Solomon. Thanks for, uh, for setting this up. I'm excited to talk to you. Perfect. So I want to learn about your uh, professional and personal background. Uh, can you tell us about your background? Uh, yeah, for sure. So um, this is actually a story that I often like to share um, with our, our school district partners when I'm out visiting and, and meeting with them. Um, it's, a, it's a story that many of our partners and, and counselors and educators can relate to with the, the students that they're working with and the children of their own. Um, growing up, um, my mom and my brother, both of them were police officers. So I was always very interested in law, uh, still very much am. Um, and you know, thought I would follow a similar route and become a cop. Uh, but basically, they, they sat me down one day in uh, high school and uh, basically said that we have enough cops in the family. Um, so take it a step further, you know, go to go to law school. And I thought that was a great idea. I love watching the TV shows. It looked really interesting. Um, so that was kind of the plan. Um, I enrolled at University of Guelph for criminal justice and public policy. Uh, it was a four-year Bachelor of Arts program. It was kind of half criminology-type classes and half uh, public policy, so um, political science-type courses as well. Um, from the research that I did and some people that I spoke to, I was told that it was a good feeder uh, into law school. Of course, you can take any undergrad and, and go to law school, but this one kind of immerses you in some of the literature and um, some of the learnings that would help prepare you for that transition. And it also had some experiential placements towards uh, the end of the, the four years where you actually got to work and, and meet with some different professionals in different legal fields. And it was actually during that time where I learned that becoming a lawyer wasn't the path for me. Um, you know, there was far too much reading for my liking. It wasn't what it looked like on TV whatsoever. So now uh, I was in a bit of a interesting situation where you know I just spent four years in this Bachelor of Arts and you know I'm not going to law school, so I'm not really sure what to do. Um, and I got a lucky bounce along the way. There was a brand new program being advertised at Ryerson. So this was May, like the month after the, the four years had just finished up, um, where I found out about it, and it was uh, called the Digital Specialization Program. It was a pilot. They don't, don't even offer it anymore. Now it's turned into uh, a one-year master's of digital media. But the idea was interesting, where they took different multidisciplinary students. There were seven of us coming from a few different areas of studies, um, broke up into two teams, and it wasn't a traditional program at you know university where um, you, know, you have your classes and your exams and your papers. This was three months inside of an incubator that Ryerson has called the Digital Media Zone, where they house early stage tech startup tech companies. Uh, they gave us basically the, the fundamentals of business 101, team building, some technology. From time to time, they would bring in experts within the field, like a legal advisor for technology startups or someone to talk about um, different aspects of, of building a, a web application. But really, they just gave you the time and the resources in those three months to build a company. And uh, I learned so much during those three months. The team that I was on, finally, um, we pivoted a few times, but we built a, a product that allowed users to research local farmer markets that were operating in Toronto. Uh, oftentimes those farmer markets were nine to two when you're at work, or three to seven during the commute home. 
Uh, so we allow you to see which farmers were going to your local farmer's market, uh, customize your own basket, and, and have it delivered. Kind of like Grocery Greatway, where they do that for Longos, but this was from farmer's markets. So we did that for about a year. Um, it died shortly after, because at that time there were just two of us doing it who um, didn't have the knowledge that we probably do at today's uh, stage, 10 years later, to run it successfully, and we weren't getting the margins that we needed to from the farmers to make it profitable. But amazing learning experience, uh, found out you know, about the world of technology and the world of startups and, and entrepreneurship, and it really excited me. I uh, also had a mentor at the time. Um, she, had a, she has a very good job at Rogers, and she told me about uh, a new division of Rogers that was opening up that she thought I might be a good fit for. I'm pretty outgoing, energetic individual, especially in those days. So uh, she introduced me to the opportunity where I was doing um, sales for a division of Rogers that no longer exists. They had a partnership with Google and this company called Yodel, and they were selling um, basically websites. We would build you a website if you were a plumber in Mississauga, and then we would uh, get you on the first page of Google through the advertising in the organic section and you know, drive a number of qualified leads to your business. So um, I did that for about a year and found out that I actually really did like this world of sales. Um, that I had a, a good knack for it early on at least. Um, but I knew that you know selling the first page of Google wasn't something that I was extremely passionate about. Um, so luckily around that same time where I was having all these uh, revelations, I was introduced to Gil, kind of had a conversation with him and learned a bit more about what my blueprint was doing. And I had one of those light bulb moments where if I had a tool like my blueprint when I was in high school, I wouldn't have just blindly listened you know, to my mom, my brother, and knew there would be more occupations out there than just, you know, cop, lawyer, accountant, doctor, and wouldn't have kind of followed the trajectory that I did. Uh, but luckily, it, it's worked out for me um, so far. So that was a long answer, but hopefully that kind of answered your question about kind of my uh, history. And now I am working at my blueprint in uh, the role of director of partner development. We're grateful for the opportunity to, to work with our team where we support you know, close to 400 school boards now across Canada in helping students make more informed decisions about life after high school. So they don't have to follow that same journey that I did and have the ability to make some more informed decisions about what's going to happen after grade 12. Mm-hmm. So now let's get to my blueprint. Can you tell us about you know uh, how this idea came about and what products or solutions uh, you offer? Yeah, so uh, I mean I like telling the story as well. Um, so our, our founder is his name is Gil uh, Gil Silverstein. He's a really passionate guy. Uh, we're I think about fourteen years old now. We're coming up on fifteen. He started this with a few colleagues during his undergrad when he was at Western, uh, and it was a research project at the time. So he'd spent a couple of years with um, educators, guidance counselors, parents and students, career development pr- practitioners, and, and basically found out at the time that we needed to improve on the kind of career and life planning tools that were available, specifically make things a lot more provincially specific. So that's how my blueprint got started. Um, easiest way to explain you know, what we're doing in a nutshell is, well, really now we have, we've evolved to have two different programs. We have one, which is our kind of uh, career education component, where we give students the resources they need to again, make more informed decisions about life after high school, uh, researching occupations, planning backwards to see what kind of post-secondary pathway will help get them there, what kind of high school courses they need, and everything kind of in between to help make those decisions. Uh, And then we also now have a portfolio component of the program, which allows students or their teachers 
to document all the great stuff that's happening in the classroom every day. So if I was doing a co-op in grade 10, um, uh, working in the culinary field, I'd be able to record some videos and reflections and, and pictures of all the amazing skills that I was developing this placement, and then make some connections to occupations within that industry after the fact. Um, so that's my blueprint. We're, again, we're lucky now. We some hard work and, and some lucky bounces along the way. There's over a million students now that are using this program across Canada to make some more informed decisions about life after high school and to document all the great stuff that's happening within the classroom every day. Wow, that's uh, pretty amazing. And um, uh, so you have a lot of uh, partnerships. Uh, you do partner development. So tell us about uh, the partners. Who are these partners and uh, um, how you collaborate with them? Right. So um, I guess there's, there's two different groups of partners. We actually refer to our customers as our partners because we like to think of this as a, you know, a shared relationship where our success is, is their success and that comes out in the support and the product that we're able to offer. Um, so for those partners, you know, those would be school boards and, and independent private schools largely that uh, license our program to meet career education outcomes at a provincial curriculum level or really just again as a self-directed kind of resource that a student can go on and start to figure out what life might look like after high school or what, what opportunities present themselves. So close to 400 of those we have a different edition for each province now um, that makes it a lot more unique and specific to the needs of, of what education looks like in, in each curriculum and each province. Uh, and then the other side, you know, we do have partnerships with other like-minded organizations that are doing something along the lines or are doing something that will complement uh, what we're doing in terms of helping students make more informed decisions. So a great example of that is we just attended a conference in Vancouver called the uh, Career Education Society of British Columbia Conference. It's one of our favorite conferences to go to. They bring in career education uh, professionals and educators from across the province of British Columbia uh, every year. And we did a few presentations there this year. Uh, my colleague Daphne did an amazing presentation with an, an organization called Junior Achievement. Um, they're you know, a multinational organization that has its own Canadian and provincial chapters here in Canada uh, that focus around improving financial literacy for, for youth and I guess for everyone across the country. So we work with their chapter to collaborate on something where they could use my blueprint and they can use the junior achievement program and put it all in one place because one of the things we've learned over the years is um, educators are very busy people so if you can consolidate into what we like to refer to as a one-stop shop and it saves them time and it makes it easier for the students to complete then it's a win-win for everybody so there'll be things like that with other like-minded organizations everywhere from a, a junior achievement to using my blueprint as a, a platform or a vehicle where we can help share knowledge where they are the experts for something like financial literacy um, to other organizations who, for example, want to help us promote our scholarship opportunities. So one of the things we've done this year is we've introduced what I like to refer to as a, a value add for our partners. Um, we're constantly updating the program based on the feedback that we get from our partners, both at a, at a feature level, but at a value add level uh, as well. So. Um, one of the big questions we get from counselors and, and educators uh, are about um, scholarships. You know, school is getting more expensive every year, and it's hard for students to, to dig through these websites and all these other places to find a myriad of scholarships that 
exists across the country. And you know, we've all heard those statistics at this point where millions of dollars of scholarship money goes unused every year, largely due to the fact that students can't find these scholarships, so they don't know how to apply. Um, so what we did this year is we actually have created a way for companies or like-minded organizations to promote and provide scholarships directly through my blueprint uh, that are exclusive to my blueprint. So only the students using my blueprint will actually be able to see these scholarships. Uh, it was a test, it was something that we tried out last year to see if we could encourage students to go uh, above and beyond what the teachers ask them to do in class. So largely the way it works is there's a, a set of tasks that we ask students to complete depending on their province and their grade. By completing those, those little tasks within the application, they earn points, that's the gamification piece. They can then take those points and use them to enter draws to win everything from a $10 gift card to Tim Hortons, all the way to you know a $1,000 scholarship that they'll be able to use to put towards their post-secondary education. So really the partnerships we have are, are with the customers or school boards that are licensing the program and with organizations where in my blueprint, we're, one of the things we're really good at is we know our strengths, but we also know our weaknesses. So if we can find an organization like a junior achievement or a company who wants to make it a little bit easier for that student to get to that college program, then those are the kind of things that we're going to look for in, in partnerships. Mm -hmm. So one, one group would be the school boards. Yeah. When you have the Toronto District School Board yeah. as one of your partners, um, and then do you work directly with high schools or secondary schools also? Yeah, so I can talk about how um, those partnerships work. Mm -hmm. um, essentially, you know, 99 probably percent of the time when a school board is using my blueprint it's licensed centrally uh, at the school board level now there's a growing sense now which which makes a lot of sense of, of schools wanting to have the autonomy to make the decisions to license the programs or use the resources that best fit the needs for their schools and you know we totally support that um, but it seems like school boards still like to license something like a my blueprint centrally to have uh, what is often referred to as you know equity uh, across instruction so that all students have the same access to the same resources so that we're all on the same level playing field mm -hmm. so typically the way it works is uh, each school board and you know differs by province um, in ontario uh, we have something a mandate that came out a few years ago from the ministry of education called creating pathways to success for the older students um, it's called the individual pathways plan so a lot of times you're going to have a lead at the board who is the pathways or success consultant or the pathways lead. Um, this mandate essentially has students self-reflecting on these big questions. Uh, who am I? What are my opportunities? Who do I want to become? And what's my plan uh, to, achieve, to achieve my goals? Um, so our program helps facilitate students in answering those questions because that's Ontario, there'll be one kind of board lead that oversees everything relates to students building out their individual pathways plan or researching pathways beyond high school. Whereas in, in British Columbia, for example, they don't have that mandate, but they do have uh, a newly revised curriculum that has career education spanning across kindergarten all the way through grade 12. So they'll have a, a district career education lead there, or they'll have somebody who's responsible for what they like to refer to as communicating student learning. So using something like a, a portfolio, to showcase all the great stuff that's happening in the classroom every day so students can self-reflect, see growth from year to year, bring family into the conversation. So the point of that is, um, depending on the province, there's usually going to be a board lead who might be responsible for career education, might be something else in their portfolio that my blueprint fits into. We work with that board lead to then create a plan to be able to support the individual schools. 
no two schools are the same. Every school is going to have different needs, especially in a school board as big as uh, Toronto District School Board or any of these school boards across the GTA. Um, so we work with the leads at each of the schools then to also build out a plan, make sure it's being used effectively, offer training and support so that ultimately the students can have the benefit of, of using the program in the best way they possibly can. If that makes sense. Yeah. So what are the different uh, features of your product and how does it work? Uh, is it like a digital questionnaire? Is it like an online quiz? Um, so tell us about how the, how the students engage with this product and, and how it works in action. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a lot of moving parts uh, to, to the program. I always like to talk about the, the benefits before the feature, but I've already used the phrase uh, allowing students to make more informed decisions about life after high school enough at this point, so I think we all get it. Um, Right now in, in Canada, there's, there's really two different programs. We have uh, our elementary program uh, for the K to six, kindergarten to grade six group. It's called All About Me. But come back to that because our flagship, what we're most known for, what we started with is what we refer to as our education career and life planner or our education planner, which is typically used across grades seven through 12, though that varies a little bit from province to province. Uh, but in Ontario, that's what's being used across grades seven through 12. Um, Yes, they do have um, you know, a series of surveys. We refer to those as our Who Am I surveys that uh, allow students to learn a bit more about who they are and what opportunities or occupations they might want to explore. So things like your interests, your personality, your motivation surveys, things like that. There's, there's six of them that all talk to each other and give students an idea of this might be an occupation that you might want to explore in more detail. Uh, from there, students can, I'll give you an example, but uh, a lot of counselors and teachers are doing with their students right now. Uh, course selection is around the corner, and that is something that MyBlueprint is used for across the country. Not in every school board, but in a lot of them, uh, especially in Ontario. So it's important that our students are picking the right courses the first time around, and it's important that those courses are going to be the types of courses that they need in order to help them get to where they want to go uh, after high school. So there's something that often happens in the program called backwards planning. Maybe there was a career fair, maybe uh, your school just hosted a STEM day, or it's a reflective uh, activity after Take Your Kids to Work Day. You might have your students go in and research that occupation and then work backwards to figure out what kind of high school courses you would need in order to get there. So let's take the example of um, civil engineer. Um, I'm going to research civil engineer in my blueprint, which is one of the features where you can just research the actual occupations. It's going to have everything from the day-to-day -day responsibilities, videos that talk about day in the life of, the labor market, job growth, average salary by province, interviews with people who are currently working in that field, how likely you are to want to work in that field based on those surveys. It's got all those types of things kind of built into one place, but it also has the ability for you to look at the requirements, where if you want to become a civil engineer, what is it going to take for you to get there? And that's when they work backwards. So now I can look at civil engineer, and it's probably going to say something to the effect of you're going to need um, an undergraduate in civil engineering or related. There's going to be stuff that's specific to the occupation or the industry. Like you might want to get your LEED certification or there's going to be a professional designation so you can wear that ring, right? Um, but the big piece for the students is we're then going to actually show them, in this case, the specific programs that will help get them there. So if you become a civil engineer without looking at my blueprint, if I can remember this because I've done it a few times, um, 
it's going to be a university level undergraduate at a minimum that you need to explore that. There might be bridging programs from college, but I'm pretty confident that you're going to need some kind of university level undergraduate, at least in Ontario, if that's a designation that you want to pursue. So we're going to actually show you all the different university civil engineering or related post-secondary programs, university programs in Ontario, but also across Canada for you to look at. Because I may be a student in Ontario doing this, but I might also be a student in you know, Vancouver doing this. Doesn't mean I want to stay in Vancouver. I might want to go to Western for civil engineering or vice versa. So we give students a full overview of the whole country and what opportunities are available. Um, the nice thing about that is when you pick the program you want to look at, and you can pick several, you can compare them side by side, um, it'll show you the actual high school courses you would need in order to apply to that program. So we take it uh, back again. I'm a student in Ontario. Um, I'm researching civil engineering. I can see these are specific requirements. I can even see some of the post-secondary or university programs that will help me get there. I can see that Western offers a civil engineering program. When I click into that, uh, I'll be able to see everything about that civil engineering program at Western, from what it's going to cost to you know, what sports I can play at Western, uh, what residence it's going to be like. But the main thing that students are interested in is what specific high school courses they're going to need if they want to apply to that specific university program at Western. The nice thing about that is that not only does it show them which are the specific courses you need, but because students are building out high school plans within the application itself, they can see which courses they already have in their plan and which ones they're missing. So if they're doing this kind of activity right now, a month or two ahead of course selection, and I've decided that I think I'm really interested in civil engineering, I can see a list of the courses I'm going to need in grade 11 or grade 12 and make sure that I'm taking them at course selection the first time around. So that's kind of a backwards planning activity. I can get from the occupation right down to the high school courses with just a few clicks. Um, there's a few other things in the program. They're going to be setting SMART goals. Again, they're going to be doing their course selection and course planning to see which kind of opportunities open up uh, as a result of the courses they might want to take. Um, and one thing we are very good at with my blueprint is, um, you know, we're going to respect all different pathways. So I've talked about civil engineering and how that needs university. I mentioned college before, but there's a lot of information on things like the skilled trades, apprenticeships, and direct workplace opportunities, as well as community living pathways uh, for for those students as well. Uh, we have our, a budgeting tool for financial literacy, smart goal setting, and then really what's been a big uh, area of focus for us lately is uh, the portfolio aspect of the program. So I mentioned, even when I was describing what we're all about, that there are two different aspects for the program. There's the career planning, career research side of things, which we're really known for, and this new emerging uh, field of, of portfolios, which allows students or teachers to capture all evidence of all the great stuff that's happening in the classroom. Um, easiest way to make sense of that is, you know, the age-old conversation when Jimmy gets home from school and mom asks Jimmy, how was school today? What did you learn? And Jimmy says, I don't know, we learned lots, and then runs off to play with his friends or learns, goes to his room. So the parents don't really have a window into the, con into the conversation and into what's happening in the classroom. The portfolio kind of provides that window for parents. Um, and not only does that, so they can see what's happening in the classroom, but allows students to be able to capture authentic learning in real time, or the teachers do that, so that they can showcase their best work, that they can reflect on the process of how they improve from one project to the next, and have something that lives with them year over year to reflect on their growth. Um, so that's a lot of the, the individual features. It's uh, hard to kind of see that without a visual, 
luckily, anyone who's listening right now can go to mybitburn.ca, click the support button at the very top of the page, and we have uh, video tutorials for each of the individual uh, features that we looked at. We also do our K-6 program, All About Me, but I'm not going to go into too much detail. We are very well known for our grade 7 and 12 program. And really, the K-6 one is a, just a much more age-appropriate digital portfolio so that our youngest learners can also engage in that conversation around documenting the process of, of learning in the classroom. Uh-huh. So uh, you mentioned what uh, kind of partners you work with. Um, I'm curious to know your partner acquisition strategy. How do you go about trying to acquire a partner? Yeah, so a, a customer in this case? Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've been very lucky. Um, we haven't had to hire our first real uh, marketing person and, until pretty recently. And, you know, luckily we found the right person. She's been fantastic. Um, but a lot of our success has been due to word of mouth. Um, we're in a pretty niche uh, category. We make software that often falls into the buckets of career education. That's changing a little bit now that we have uh, a really robust digital portfolio tool where that can be used outside of the walls of career education. One of the tricky things um, that we encounter right now is because people think of us as the career education tool or the course selection tool or whatever the case may be, it often gets pigeonholed as, oh, my district career person, that's the person you want to talk to, or the person teaching careers, or the transition coach, or whatever it is. So we're still often thought of as that kind of career tool. The portfolio aspect lends itself well outside of those walls, where if you're teaching music, if you're teaching math, if you're teaching gym, if you're the counselor, if you have nothing to do with career education, you know you can still be engaging in the act of capturing evidence of, of authentic learning in real time, even if it has nothing to do with career education. That was a side piece that I guess I just wanted to share to get, you know, get it off my chest. But um, we've been fortunate. Uh, so it's largely due to word of mouth um, and, and having a great product. Um, so not only is it niche that, you know, it's a very specific um, part of, of the curriculum that we're, we're filling the gap for. Um, there's a phrase that I've learned about recently. Um, it's not just to do with education. I guess it's it's products in general. It's vitamins and, and painkillers, right? So when you're selling something, you're probably selling either a vitamin or a painkiller. Right? A vitamin is a nice to have. Maybe there's not a dedicated budget for it, but you know, if I think it will improve <coughs> the quality of my life, then I'll probably take vitamins. If you ask everybody they talk to on the street if they take their daily multivitamins, you're not going to get anywhere near 100%. Painkiller, on the other hand, if you have someone who's in dire pain, their back, and they need to feel better, they're going to take that painkilling medicine, right? They're going to have a budget set aside for it. So career education is a painkiller. It is something that's required by the province because there's going to be curriculum outcomes that students need to fulfill and classes they need to take. But more than that, we're investing in our children's future, and preparing them for life after high school should be a big part of that. Um, So it's something that... It's going to continue to be licensed forever, and, and we're actually seeing, um, not necessarily in Canada particularly, a little bit, yes, but uh, more so across North America and, and the world, we're seeing more of an investment, and this is happening in Canada as well, um, into preparing our students for the future of the work uh, workforce. You know, the workforce obviously is, is changing, new jobs are emerging, um, the traditional 
way that students have gone to school for you know decades isn't going to set students up for the jobs that are going to exist in, in 20, 30 years kind of things, right? Five years. Um, so there's a big focus now on having students self-reflecting on things like uh, 21st century learning competence, user competencies in general, like critical thinking, problem solving, team building, that kind of thing. Um, so this is a long way to answer your question that um, I guess there's a few different ways. There's the word of mouth aspect is the biggest one where, you know, it's a school board and they know they need to do something to jazz up what career education looks like in their district. They talk to other edu other educators. Um, we're very fortunate where, you know, in, in the world of education, there's only so many school boards and they all talk to each other and they share what they're doing and what's working well. And educators largely have very positive things to say about the relationship with my blueprint. So we do have, um, many conversations start as a result of just positive word of mouth. Uh, we also attend a fair bit of conferences. We're attending more now because we're trying to promote the portfolio aspect of the program, which, as I mentioned, can reach any teacher in any area. But historically, we had been focused on the career development or counselor-focused type conferences and letting people know that we exist. Uh, and then there's you know traditional outbound, where we'll have a list of some school boards in Canada who still haven't made the transition by Blueprint. And, try to have a conversation with them to let them know about maybe why they should or, or what some of their colleagues nearby are doing in, in hopes that it turns into a, a long-lasting partnership moving forward. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. How, how long is your sales cycle? Uh, that's a good question. It, it, can, uh, it can differ greatly. Um, K-12 education is, education in general, is notorious for having a very uh, interesting, slow-moving sales cycle. Um, oftentimes, though, we'll be talking to an independent school where the way that our, our site is set up right now is that, you know, we do offer a free trial, but it's dated. So you'll fill out a contact form. We'll receive an email and we'll reach out and start that conversation with you. Um, if it's a private school, they've identified a need, especially, you know, we're going to be offering this careers course in second semester and it's January and we haven't really figured out what we're doing for it, that can move pretty quickly. That can move within a matter of a couple of weeks, sometimes faster if you have uh, the principal at the small private school involved in the conversation. Uh, but when you're talking about your bigger school boards or school boards in general, just like every other industry, um, the table of decision makers or uh, people of influence is growing rapidly. So it, it's not just picking up the phone talking to the associate superintendent and saying, you know, you guys should buy this. It doesn't really work like that anymore. Um, uh, easily, um, you know, eight to 10 months, uh, wow. if not longer for bigger school boards, typically the, and you know, it, it varies drastically, but, um, it, you know, if you looked at our, uh, you know, how our revenue was coming in, I would, uh, wager that you know more than 50 percent of our revenue comes in at you know the very start of the school year so schools that have licensed the program in april may june for a september start date okay. um, with bigger school boards they want to get and for rightly so they want to get teacher buy-in they want to get student buy-in they want to make sure that they've talked to the esl folks and the, the it team and all these different little areas of, of influencers who want to have their say and, and be heard for the right reasons to make sure that it's the right program that's going to meet the needs of all of our students. So usually for bigger school boards, we'll set up a pilot 
where they can use it and try it out for real with their students uh, over the course of a semester or sometimes two. So there'll be conversations this year where we started them in, in September, October, and you know we won't have a fully executed agreement until April, May, June. Wow. Sometimes we've, we've had school boards that um, have been multi-year deals, right? Because they've been in a contract with, with somebody else. And the interesting thing about education as well is that um, the user isn't necessarily the buyer. The district lead for career education or the assistant superintendent or whoever it is that's actually signing the agreement, they're not the user. The main user is the actual student or the teacher or the counselor that's using it with them. They're an influencer, but they're not the ones who can just say, I want to use this because we don't sell this at an individual teacher level or individual student level. We sell it at a school or a board level. So we have to have buy-in from a number of different parties, but yeah, it can take some time. So if you're thinking of starting a company in the world of uh, education technology, just account for uh, an interesting sales cycle where you know, you're going to have to go months on end um, where the bulk of your money coming in isn't to the end of the school year. Yeah. It's a, it's a long cycle. It is. And, um, you know, there's a lot of companies that we see now uh, in this world of venture capital and investment that have those resources where they've raised funds and raised rounds to be able to support themselves for a couple of years, knowing that, you know, one, the money's going to come in lopsided at a certain time of the year, but it's going to take them a couple of years to ramp up and, and you know, prove their validity within the market. We're... We're not that. I mean, we're, we're actually a bootstrap company, um, which is one of the things that we are pretty proud about, that we've had the ability to um, scale, but scale sustainably. You know, it was not like Gil opened the doors up 15 years ago and everyone was knocking on our door, rushing to get in. It's been a slow and steady growth, largely due to the fact we want to build out uh, the right team to be able to support that growth, but also working with our partners to build out uh, variations and additions of the program that will meet the needs of each individual specific province and, and user type that is using the program. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of marketing strategies is your marketing person using to promote uh, my blueprint? A um, l- little bit of everything. Um, the biggest thing that we've been relying on because you know we, we've seen it working is tapping into our network of current customers so i, I talked earlier about how even before uh our molly has had started um word of mouth was kind of one of the primary uh, driving factors of, of new revenue for us um so we recognize that we we have this large user base of partners um and that we weren't necessarily tapping into them as well as we could have. So one of the things we are focused on right now among other projects is working with our existing partners not only to continue to collect feedback, but also to learn about more things in terms of value that we can provide to them. Where, like the example I gave before, teachers are always asking for resources uh, around financial literacy. So we'll team up with the junior team. Or actually one of the things that um, Molly's working on right now that we're pretty excited about uh, is we partnered with this organization called Students Offering Support. Um, so they've been networked with about a thousand uh, plus uh, students across colleges and, and universities across Canada. It's actually a really interesting concept. They're a not-for-profit. The third and fourth year students will offer tutoring sessions. So if I'm a fourth year chemistry student at U of T, I'll offer some tutoring sessions for the you know, first and second year students. So it'll be 20 bucks for you to attend that session, but then that money gets collected 
goes back to the nonprofit and actually uh, build schools and support education in countries across you know, Latin, Central, South America. Um, so we're working with them because one of the things that we consistently hear from our partners is, you know, students um, have lots of questions and they can often, you know, be anxious about the transition from high school to post-secondary. It's a pretty big jump. Some feel comfortable talking to their counselor, some don't, and, and some would rather just talk to a, a real human uh, that's there uh, about the experience. So they have a big network of students offering support of post-secondary students. We have a big network of high school students. How can we bridge those two gaps to better the high school students who are about to make that transition? Um, so this is kind of our second take on it. Last year, what we did is we offered students, uh, it was a, definitely a learning experience, the opportunity to ask any question they had about the transition from high school to post-secondary. So it was a one-question survey. So if you could ask somebody who's currently in university any question you have about the transition, what would that be? We collected hundreds of responses, um, really interesting, and uh, I can share a link with you to put in the show notes. We have all the videos because what Students Offering Support did is instead of replying to each individual question in text, there were a lot of duplicate questions or overlapping questions is they just recorded a series of videos kind of bucketing all the answers and the questions together. So we have those all linked up on a page that you can put in the show notes. Uh, this year we're doing something similar, we're just making it a bit more quantitative. So we've created a survey um, that we sent out to high school students across Canada where we can collect information on how knowledgeable they are about certain types of programs and, and pathways and what they're most anxious and nervous about, what resources or information they feel like they're missing or they need, that kind of stuff. I can't remember where we started with, but that's what came out of my mouth. So. Yeah, yeah, no, that's pretty good. Uh, well, Damien, it has been very nice uh, speaking with you and learning about my blueprint yeah. and uh, your background as well. Uh, so definitely thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. No problem, Alan. I really appreciate you making that time to come and learn a bit more about what we're doing to help students make more informed decisions about life after high school and have a fantastic <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And your website is uh, myblueprint.ca. .ca, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And if anyone wants to learn uh, a bit more about it, again, if you click the support button at the top of the page, we'll have little video tutorials for the education planner, which is for grades 7 to 12, or All About Me, which is for K to 6. Um, and we're, we're always happy to chat. Our phone number is on there as well if you ever just want to call in and ask for Damien. I regret saying this in the future, but uh, you're more than welcome to because that's, that's what we're here for. <laughs> All right. Uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this uh, episode and learned from uh, the experience of Damien and also you enjoy learning about uh, my blueprint. And thank you so much for listening to Zonecast and stay tuned for more episodes.